Today's daf is Gittin daf Mem Zayin. We are at the Mishnah in the middle of daf Mem Zayin Amiral. Today's daf is being learned as a schos rufu shalema from Moshe Abba ben Devora and Le'ilu Nishmas Chaim Malazar ben Yibadol Chaim Reb Shim So we're continuing the theme of the last several, several dafin, and that is different rabbinic takonis that were made mipnei tikkun ha'olam. Nu takona, nu sugya. Zok de Mishnah, ha'moicher es sadeul oivetechavim. Somebody living in Eretz Yisrael sells his field to an oivetechavim, to a non-Jew. Loikeach umevi mimenu bekurim. He has an obligation to buy fruit from this oivetechavim that he sold his field to every single year. Take the fruit, bring it to the base of Mikdash as Bikurim, and the reason he has to do so is Mipnei Tikun Ha'olam. So if somebody sells his field, he doesn't own his field anymore. As a result, he has no obligation of Bikurim. Stating that, Chazal said a very big Chiddush that if somebody sells his field to Oyvid Kechavim in Eretz Yisrael, he has an obligation every single year, this is an annual responsibility, to buy a fruit so that he'll be able to bring it as Bikurim. And the reason Chazal made this takana was mipnei tikkun ha'olam. Rashi says that the tikkun ha'olam was shulo yeheirogo limkar karka be'eretz Yisrael ve'ovet kechavim. Because it was considered a very, very bad thing for a person to send, sell his property in Eretz Yisrael to an ovet kechavim. So by telling the Yid that, listen, you're going to sell your field, just know it's going to cost you. There's going to be a recurring expense that you're going to have. Every single year, you're going to have to go buy fruit and bring it as a gift to the Beis HaMikdash. Hopefully, that would disincentivize people from selling their fields to an Kechavim. That was the aside of the Tikkun Now, the way we just read the Mishnah is the way Rashi has the gears of the Mishnah. However, if you look at Toysvis, Toysvis, Dibra Maschol, Loikeach, Umevi Bikurim, Toysvis says the Rabbeinu Tam, saw that in most of the manuscripts of the Gemara, the Girs and the Mishnah was a little bit different. And what the Mishnah said was as follows, If a Yid sells his field in Eretz Yisrael to an Oivit Kechavim, Any person that's going to buy fruit from the Oivit Kechavim, the first thing he's going to have to do is he's going to have to bring Bikurim. So the Hakona was not said dafka to the seller. It was said to any person that buys fruit from an Ovid Kechavim in Eretz Yisrael. You buy fruit, you have a responsibility. What's my responsibility? I have to go and I have to bring Bikurim. What would be the reason that Chazal would have instituted such a Takana? It's they wanted to disincentivize Yidin from buying fruit from an Ovid Kechavim. What's that going to accomplish? An Ovid Kechavim is not going to want to buy a field from a Yid. Again, it's all leading to the same place. Yidin should own the land in Eretz Yisrael. We don't want you to be selling it to an Ovid Kechavim. As a result, Mipnei Tikkun Ha'olam, we're going to make a Takana. What's the Takana? It's a Mephur Mishnah. What's the Takana of the Mishnah? Well, it depends on what the gears of the Mishnah is. According to Rashi, it's if you yourself sold the field to an Ovid Kechavim, you have a responsibility every single year to buy back a Shir Bikurim and bring it as a gift to the Beis HaMikdash. According to Rabbeinu Tam's Gersa, which Rabbeinu Tam said, most of the manuscripts I saw had this Gersa. It's not talking dafka to the seller. It's true for any person. You buy fruit from an Ovid Kechavim. You don't have to buy the fruit, but if you buy the fruit, the first thing you need to do is you have to be Mafresh Bikurim. Now, the first question that you have to ask yourself just from learning 
learning even Mishnayis, let alone Gemara, is why only Bekurim? What about Trumas and Maestris? What about all the other mitzvahs at Tluyus So that's going to play itself out a little bit towards the end of the daf. But either way, we begin the Gemara, and this Gemara that we're going to learn is not a super hard Gemara, it's not so long, but it's very Yisoidistic. So it's a Gemara that's Reiv Ha'echos, it's Miotakamos, it's something that comes up a lot in different Sugis Ashas. Zok the Gemara. On my Rabbi, Rabbi even though the halach is that if an Ovid Kechavim buys land in Eretz Yisrael, he doesn't have the ability to remove the Kedusha of the land so that right now there would, no, there would not be a Chiv to be Mafish Trumas or Maisus. Shenemar, as the Pasuk says, and from there we darshan li Kedusha Sa'aretz, that the Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael is li, it belongs to Hashem, and it doesn't matter who buys the land, there's always going to be Kedusha. So the rabbi said, even though that's true, meaning even though if a guy would buy land in Eretz Yisrael, the land would still be Chayev in Trumas or Maisus. Avol, however, said Rabbi, Yesh Kenyan, a guy does have a Kenyan, to go ahead and dig and to build, and if he wants to do that, that's something he could do. Because the Pasuk says, The land was given to Bnei Adam, it means even Eretz Yisrael, it means even to Oiv Kechavim, and if Oiv Kechavim wants to build or dig in the Karka of Eretz Yisrael, it's something he has a right to do. So Rabbi said, that if a guy acquires land in Eretz Yisrael, does he have a Kenyan or does he not have a Kenyan? So said Rabbi, it depends. If the guy is, if we're trying to figure out whether he has a Kenyan with regards to the Chiyuv of Trumas or Maestris, he does not have a Kenyan. Meaning, the Kenyan is not enough of a Kenyan to say that this is not holy land anymore because it belongs to Nevi Kechavim, so that there'll be no Chiyuv Trumas or Maestris. Meaning, there will be a Chiyuv Trumas or Maestris. However, as it relates to, does he have a Kenyan so that he'll be able to now dig and do things with the land, with regards to that, he does have a Kenyan. So that, but And how does he know this? It's based on Sokim. As it relates to Kedusha Sa'aretz, ain't Kenyan, because the Pasuk says, As it relates to digging and doing things with the land, Yesh Kenyan, because the Pasuk says, Varetz Nasan Lef Neyadam. Rabbi said this, Rabbi Laza, Rabbi Laza argued. He said just the opposite, 180 degrees. He said, Even though a guy does have an ability to make a Kenyan in Eretz Yisrael to say that this land doesn't belong to a Yid anymore, now it belongs to an Eretz and as a result, there is not going to be a Chi of Chumas and Maestris anymore. Shenemar, based on a Pasuk that says, Degoncha, so this is the Pasuk that talks about the Chi of Chumas and Maestris and it refers to the grain as your grain. And we learn from there, the dog and as opposed to the grain that belongs to an However, in However, a guy does not have a kingdom in Eretz Yisrael to start digging and to machin shenemar, because the pasuk says Lashem ha'aretz. The land belongs to Hashem, and Oivik Kechavim doesn't have Rishos. Meaning, the Yidah were given Rishos, but the Oivik Kechavim were not given Rishos. So Rabbi Lazar said just the opposite of Rabbi. According to Rabbi Lazar, a guy does have a Kenyan in Eretz Yisrael, to be Mafkia, the land from Kedushas Eretz Yisrael, with regards to Chumas or Maestros, but he doesn't have a Kenyan in the land to dig Boris Sichon so we have a very, very Yisoyedistigamachloikis between Rabbi and Rabbi Yosef, and it's going to be Malavos now for almost the entire da. What's this Yisoyedistigamachloikis? If a guy buys land in Eretz Yisrael, could he have a proper Kenyan in the land, or could he not have a proper Kenyan in the land? Now, if he buys land in the United States of America, of course he does. Anywhere around the world, of course he does. This conversation is being had dafkin in Eretz Yisrael. Why? Because the Ebeshti gave Eretz Yisrael to Klai Yisrael, to the Amman Nifkar. And as a result, 
What if a guy buys it now? Is that a real Kenyan or is it not a real Kenyan? The answer is, shtickle yeah, shtickle not. Which shtickle yeah, which shtickle not? Machloik is Rabbi and Rabbi Lazar. Oh, and by the way, the two tzvaris are exactly the opposite. According to Rabbi, a shtickle not. If a guy has a Kenyan in Eretz Yisrael, the land maintains its Kedusha as it relates to Chiyav Chumas Amayisras. A shtickle, yeah, he could dig by Rasikh Namaris. According to Rabbi Lazar, it's just the opposite. According to Rabbi Lazar, the shtickle, yeah, is that he has a Kenyan in Eretz Yisrael so that there won't be a Chiyav Chumas Amayisras. The shtickle, not, is he can't dig by Rasikh Namaris. Now, our sugya is going to focus not on the by Rasikh Namaris part of this machloikis, but rather on the Chiyav Chumas Amayisras. So here's the question. If uh, any Yehudi buys land in Eretz Yisrael, he has a field. There's tfuah growing in the field. That tfuah, is there a chiyah to be mafresh trumas or maestas from it or not? Now, as it relates to the guy himself, he's not obligated to keep Torah mitzvahs. He has to keep Sheva mitzvahs b'nei noyach. Trumas or maestas, tevel is not one of the Sheva mitzvahs b'nei noyach. The question is if a yid is going to buy this fruit now, a yid's going to buy this tfuah, will he have a chiyah now to be mafresh trumas or maestas or not? It's totally in this Shiloh, which as we see is a machloikis between Rabbi and Rabbi Lazar. According to Rabbi, who holds in Kinyolo, if you can have in there, it's Israel, Lafki, Amidei, Meiser, Shenem, Marki, Lioris, Liktushas, Aris. So if a Yid is going to buy Tfua from a guy, where the Tfua grew in his field, he's going to have a biblical obligation, a regular Chiv de Raisa, to be Mafresh, Shumas, and Meisers. According to Rabbi Lazar, that holds Yesh, Kinyolo, if you can have in there, it's Israel, Lafki, Amidei, Meiser, Shenem, Adugoncha, Veloy, Dogon, Ovid, Kechavim. So then what's going to come out is that if a Yid buys from Ovid, Kechavim, he's not going to have a Chiv de Raisa to be Mafresh, Shumas, and Meisers. What is the Svaras HaMachloikis? Now the truth is, Rabbi gave a Pasuk to explain his Shita. Rabbi Laza gave a Pasuk to explain his Shita. But really, it's Nikr from the Gemara's Teretz, what the Gemara's Kash is. At the end of the day, Rabbi Laza seems to have a solid Makar that Yesh Kinyin Lo'evikei the Eretz Yisrael Lafkim Dei Maiser. Digoncho, your dog on his as opposed to Doi So really, the question is that how does Rabbi not darshan the Gondcha? Kili ha'aretz, liktushas aretz, I hear. But this is a Pasuk in the parish of Tumas and Isis that says the Gondcha. So how is Rabbi going to explain the Gondcha? So the Gemara says, the Machlokes says, this Mar Savar, Rabbi Loza holds the Gondcha, the way he explained it. So Dagan Avikechavim is excluded. Mar Savar, the way Rabbi touched the word the Gondcha is not Miloshin, the Gondcha, your grain, but the Gondcha. The Gondcha means you're the one that completed the process of preparing the grain for what it needs to be prepared for, which in Zeron vernacular is referred to as miruach, the smoothing of the gairin. But the point is, it's the only time there's a chiv, chumas and maestres, is if you're the one that did the digun. But if an avikachavim did the digun, he's the one that was goimer, the malacha of this tour, then anachanami, there's not going to be a chiv, chumas and maestres. In other words, rabbis moida that there is an inyan of the gancha, where if the guy is a little bit too involved, then there's not a chiyav chumas maestres. But the koiveya is not who owns the property. That Rabbi Lozer holds. According to Rabbi, I don't care if the guy owns the property. The fact that it grew in his field, he's the balabas of the property with his corn grew, who cares? What I care about is who did the gemar malacha. Okay, if the guy did the gemar malacha, that's a separate miyot. That's called diguncha. And as it relates to diguncha over there, enochanami, it's going to be What's my makar? Now, this rabbi said, I'll prove to you from a Mishnah, my shita, 
That is, that if uh, has a field and Tfuah grows in this field, the Allah is a Chiv to be Mafresh Shumas or Maisis. The Tanan, where's this Mishnah? It's in Mesachtis, Peyo, Haleket, Vashikhova, Peyo, Shalevikhovim, Chayovim, and Maisis. The Mishnah says, the Leket, the Shikh, and the Peyo of an Ovikhovim is Chayovim and Maisis. So we know one of the rules, the basic rules in the world of Shumas and Maisis is that Tfuah, that's Hefker, is potted from Shumas and Maisis. So if somebody has a field, there's Tfuah, he's Mafker. If you're kind of in a hefker, there's no obligation on this tour to be mafresh chumas or maisus. Leket shikchem peyah are matnasaniyim, they're hefker, anyone can be zoiche in it. And as a result, they're potter from chumas or maisus. Of the Mishnah, that's the leket shikchem peyah of a yid. But if a guy has a field, and out of the goodness of his heart, he decides he wants to also have leket shikchem peyah, very nice, ashrecha, but at the same time, there's still a chi of maisus, because it's not really like a Chekhovaya. It's a Hefker. So if it's not Hefker, there's going to be a Chiv Meiser. Says the Mishnah, Elam came Hefker. Unless the guy would proactively say, I'm being Mafker, the like a Chekhovaya. Oh, then already, that would be the Allah. So Rabbi said, let's learn this Mishnah together. Hey, Chidami, what's the exact case of the Mishnah? Is the Mishnah talking about where the original field where this Lekachikhopeya group belonged to a Yid, and a guy went ahead and he was malakid it. And what the Mishnah is saying is, is that if a guy takes Lekachikhopeya, so then the halach is Yechayev and Meiser, unless the guy was mafkirit. So says the Gemara, Rabbi Elam King Hifkir, you tell me the only time there's going to be a Chiev of Chumas and Meisters is if he's mafkirit, how Mifkiri Vikaimi. If the Lekachikhopeya grew in the field of a Yid, that means it's Shain Hefkir. So if it's already Hefkir, so it's Hefkir. So why we. Having this conversation, meaning it's regular classic lekachik chopeya, and if lekachik chopeya is potem and amaiser, see, you're telling me because the guy was malakited, it's different. It doesn't change the history of this tefuah. The history of the tefuah was that it was regular lekachik chopeya. It's already half elam kain hifker. It's already half elalav. So Rabbi said, has to be the oivet It Must be the Mishnah's talking about the way we explained it when we read the Mishnah that the lekachik chopeya grew in the field of a guy for the dinu yisrael, and now it was malakited, and it goes to his rov, and he says, tell me. Rob, do I have to be mafresh or do I not have to be mafresh? And what is the Rob going to tell him? You have to, unless you're mafkirit. So says Rabbi, what do you see from it? I'm at the hifkir. The only time you part from Chumas and is if the guy was mafkirit. Hold on, hifkir, if he was a mafkirit, chayiv, you would be chayiv. So it's before Shemishnah. That if a uh, guy has a field, there's two in the field, Eretz Yisrael, obviously that's where like a chikambeya is. The halach is, you have to give Chumas and Unless he was mafkirit. But if he wasn't mafkirit, you do. Oh, must be in Kenyan. That's the Gemara. But the Gemara says, Could be, Rabbah doesn't really have a Makar. I mean, it sounds like it's a Mephurish Mishnah. But the Gemara says, Because I'll tell you that the Mishnah is not talking about where the Lekha Chikhan grew in the field of a Goy. Rather, it grew in the field of a Yid. And it's talking about where a Goy was Malakin. So what's the Kasha? The guy was malakid. It doesn't change the fact that originally it was hefker. And if originally it was hefker, so the halacha should be that you should now be potter from Chumas and Maestris. Why do you need the guy to be mafkarit? It's already hefker. Like the chikhan was always hefker. So the Gemara says a very big chiddish, and that is nehi de mifkari adaita di Yisrael. Although like a chikhan is hefker adaita di Yisrael, on the tzad that a yid's going to be the one that's going to be malakid, the lekker chikhan peya about aita davi kechavim mifkiri is it chal hefker on the tzad that a guy is gonna be the one that's gonna take it? Says the gemara lekker chikhan peya is hefker, but conditionally only if a yid is the one that ultimately is the beneficiary of it. But if a guy is, then it's not 
Hefker. Now, how does that work? Tosfus says Hefker Tos Ein Shah. But the bottom line is that the whole Hefker may car is only a Hefker if a year takes it, not if a guy takes it. That's what the Mishnah is trying to say. Mishnah is not talking about like a chicken pay that grew in the field of a guy. If it grew in the field of a guy, Rabbi Laws is right. There's no Chi of Chumas of Isis in the first place. This conversation is dead on arrival. It's talking about where it grew in the field of a year. If it grew in the field of a year, it's like a chicken pay. It's Classic Hefker, of course it's Potter from Chumas and Maestras. No, if a Goy was Malakadet, it comes out the Hefker was never a Hefker. So it comes out it was a Hefker Batois. If it's a Hefker Batois, now there is a Chi of Chumas and Maestras. Unless the Goy himself is Mafkaret, so now it's Sinsfeitim Mal Hefker, and that's when you're going to be Potter. Either way, we have Machlik Rabin Rava, Yesh Kinyin. Or The Gemara now is going to bring several Toshmas to try to be Machriya Deshmai. A Yid bought a field from an Ovid Kechavim. Actually, if he bought the field from the Ovid Kechavim and the Tfua that was growing in the field had not grown a third yet, a third of where it's going to eventually grow to. And then the Yid sold it back to the guy. After it already grown a shlish. So, Bekitzer, this Yid bought a field from a guy and then he flipped it back to the person that he bought it from. Okay. So, when he bought it, the Tfua had not yet grown a shlish. It grew a shlish and then he sold it back. So, we're not holding the Chayshu Mishpah component. We're, we're concerned in the Trumas of Meister's component. It says, the Braisa, Chayeves Bemeister. Talach is this field's going to be Chayeves Meister. And the reason it's going to be Chayeves Meister is, Shekvar Nishayva. Because it grew a shlish in the Rishus of the Yid. And Rashi says, quoting a Gemara, Masechtis Rosh Hashanah, Daf Yud Beis, Amit Beis, that when it's Tfuah Chayev and Chumas and Maestres, once it grows a Shlish. When it grows a Shlish, that's when it's Chal V'chiyah. So being that it grew a Shlish, we're in the Rishos of the Yid, so therefore you're going to be Chayev and Maestres. So again, somebody bought a field from a guy. We're trying to figure out, Chayev and Maestres, not Chayev and Maestres. What does it sound like? It sounds like really you're not Chayv But in a case when you bought it and it grew a shlish, it hit the magic number in the possession of the Yid. So now you're going to be Chayv HaMaiser. The only time you Chayv HaMaiser is if it grew the shlish in the Rishos of the Yid. But if it grew the shlish in the Rishos of the God, you're not. So what do you see from here? Because if you're going to tell me that when a guy owns a field, it's the same as if a yid owns the field, so why are we talking about this? The field's in Eretz Yisrael. Every single piece of grain that grows in Eretz Yisrael has a chiyav chumas and The Territ is no. The Territ is only if it belongs to a yid. But if a guy owns it, yesh kinyi b'levikachavim. So isn't this a mafurish araya? So this is a bomb cash on rabba. So the Gemara says... And I'm going to make an akinta that this brisa was not taking place in Eretz Yisrael, but rather with Surya. It was happening in Surya. Where Surya Rashi says, Aram Tsoiva. This was a land that was very, very close to Eretz Yisrael. And in this land, there was a major debate amongst the Tanoim whether all the mitzvahs haklius for Eretz were noyeg or not. The reason there was a debate is because this land was annexed as being part of Eretz Yisrael. David Amelech and his army, they conquered this land. Based on that, you would think that it should be part of Eretz Yisrael. Stating that, it was what Chazal referred to as a kibush yachid. Ayn Rashi and Toysavis, Le'il, Davches, Amaral. But it was a kibush yachid, and there was machlokis in the Gemara, with a kibush yachid, shmei kibush, loy shmei kibush. The bottom line is, according to the Mandomer that holds, that kibush yachid, loy shmei kibush, Surya did not have a din of Eretz Yisrael. But because it looked a lot like Eretz Yisrael, felt a lot like Eretz Yisrael, so Chazal gave it certain dine de Rabbanon, like Eretz Yisrael. One of the din of the Rabbana was, is that the Zechi of Chumas from Maestras. So it says, Rabbi Gishmak, our oh, Bryce is talking about Surya. 
I'm going to the Madama that holds that a Kivosh Yachid is not a Kivosh, which means Suri is not Chayiv, which means a Maestro is Midairaiso, he's only Chayiv Midrabonet. Being that it's only Chayiv Midrabonet. Oh, and a Goy owns the field. Over there, Yesh Kinyan, Laover Koychavim, Lafkim Midai Maestro. Thus says, in Eretz Yisrael, we are dealing with the Chayiv Chumas of Maestro, Midairaiso. Rabbi says, Ain Kinyan, Boy Vikachavim, Beret Yisrael, Lafkim Midai Maestro. Surya, with the whole Chayiv Chumas of Maestro, Merit Achiv de Rabbanon, being that all it is is Achiv de Rabbanon, over there it's going to be different, there I'm going to be Mekel. So basically, Rabbi was just made of a mixus to Rabbi Lazar. He conceded, he gave him a very good check. He said, even though I hold in Kenyan, but I'm going to carve out Surya. Surya is different, because Surya, the whole Chiv Chumas and Maestris is only Midrabanon, and there I agree that if a guy owns the land, Chazal didn't take it to such a level. Even though called the Tikkun Rabbanon, Kain Dairais the Tikkun, but Surya is different, we know it was treated differently, and in certain respects it was treated like Chutzlarz. So as it relates to this, we're going to treat it like Chutzlarz. But in Eretz Yisrael, in Kenyan, I'll bring you another Raya from another Braisa. This is a Yesh Breire Breira Braisa, but we don't need the Breira component of the Braisa. We just need one little sliver. They bought a field together with Shutfis. And now there are things growing in the field, says the Braisa. How do you treat what grows? Is a chayiv in Trumas and Maestris? Is a nachayiv in Trumas and Maestris? On the one hand, you have a shutif that's a yid, so it should be chayiv in Trumas and Maestris. Then again, you have a shutif that's not a yid, it should be part of Trumas and Maestris. So it's machloek is Rebbe, Rebbe Shomim Gamliel. Rebbe says, Every single strand of grain, you look at it as having a taruvas. There's a little bit of tebel, a little bit of chulin. Rebbe Shomim Gamliel, Rebbe Shomim Gamliel says, no, not the way you look at it. Half the field belongs to a yid, that half is going to be chayev. The other half belongs to the guy, that half is going to be potter. Now, how are you going to know which half belongs to who? When they divide it, whenever they do their distributions in this field, so the yid's going to get his chaylik, the guy's going to get his chaylik, the yid will be master from his, and the guy will be master from his. Rebbe says, no. Every single strand of chita has in it a little bit of tabel. Because the way we look at this Indian is keva v'chulun me'urabin zebedet. What's the machloikis? And the Gemara says, What's the Machlekes in this price? Right, the whole Machlekes over here is whether you hold Yesh Beira or Eim Beira. But everybody agrees, Yesh King, Levi Kachav, and Beretz Yisrael, Lafki, Medei Maeser. That a Goy is Chelek is for sure not Chayi V'Maeser. Why? Because if a Goy is Chelek is Chayi V'Maeser, why are we having this conversation? It's not Tevel V'Chulin, Muravin Zebezeh. It's Tevel V'Tevel, Muravin Zebezeh. Everything is Tevel. Because even though a Goy owns it, ain't this is a major raya to Rabbi Lazar. it's a kasha on Rabbi, and the Gemara gives the same tarets that I gave earlier. The same tarets that we said that the previous price was talking not about Eretz Yisrael, but the Chiyav Chumas and Maaser, but the but Surya, where it's only with the Rabbanon. Here too, I'll tell you, it's talking about Surya because of a Kivush Yachad Leish Mekivush. Thus, the whole Chiyav is at the Rabbanon and the and there in Chanami, Rabbi was ready made that he told it to you in the first Tashma. Right, there's not news anymore that if you're dealing with Surya, with the whole Chiyav is the Rabbanon. I have one third Tashma. And that Tashma is from our Mishnah. And by the way, that's why we're having this conversation now. Because why are we discussing this? I mean, it's a Gishmak Ashaila, but what does it have to do with us? The reason is because of this last Tashma. Rav Chibar Abin said, I think I can prove very clearly from our Mishnah one of these two Tzadim. What did the Mishnah say? Somebody sells this field to an Avi Kachavim, like Keyach. So what does that mean? So we said Rashi had his girsa and Rabbi Tam had his girsa. Rashi says we obligate the 
seller to go buy back Bikurim every single year and to bring it to the Kayhanim. Rabbeinu Tam said, you don't obligate anyone to do anything. But what the Mishnah is saying is, if somebody goes and he buys, he's going to have a Chiyav, Shumas Amaisras. Now, the Mishnah said that this Chiyav is what? Mipnei Tikkun O'ilam. And it's Mashmah said, Rabbi Chiyav Arabin, Mipnei Tikkun O'ilam in Midday Raisaloi. That it's only Mipnei Tikkun O'ilam. However, Midday Raisanat, isn't this a Raya that Yesh, Kinyin, Lo'ovit, Koychavim, Be'eretz Yisrael, Lafkia, Midday Maiser. Now we have to stop here for one second. According to Rabbeinu Tam, the Gemara's Kasha is Pasha. What's the Gemara's Kasha? The Mishnah says that if somebody buys Tfua from an Oivet Koychavim in Eretz Yisrael, you have a Chiv to give Bikurim. Why? Mipnei Tikkun O'ilam. Take the Gemara, Mipnei Tikkun O'ilam. Midei Raisim Mechuyiv. Oh, that's a right to Rabbi Yosef. That Yesh Kinyin, I'm sorry, to, usually it's Rabbi and Rabbi Yosef. It's right to Rabbi Lazar, who holds Yesh Kinyin. And as a result, you don't have to give Bikurim, but it's only Mipnei Tikkun O'ilam, yet you have to. So the Kasha is a bumper Kasha. According to Rashi, what's the Kasha? What did the Mishnah say? The Mishnah says, if you sell a field to an Oivik Echavim, you have an, a responsibility every single year to buy back Bikurim. What does that have to do with whether Yesh Kinyin or ain't Kinyin? The Tikkun O'ilam is not that if you buy, you have a Chiyiv. That's the way Rabbeinu Tam learned the Tikkun O'ilam. The Tikkun O'ilam is that you have a responsibility to go and buy from him. L'Oilam, I'll tell you, ain't Kinyin. So that if you would buy from him, it's posh that you would have to bring Bikurim. But the Mishnah is still telling me a Chiddush. That is a Tikkun O'ilam that you have to go ahead and buy. So really, the way Rashi learned the Mishnah, Rashi's girsa that seemed to have been the girsa mechudeshes, it doesn't even start. What's Pashup Shad? How do you read the Gemara? So you know who asks this Kasha? Rashi himself asks this Kasha. Rashi, Dibra Maschal, Midai Raisalev. Just read Rashi inside, the first half of the Rashi. It says Rashi, If you're going to tell me that ain't can you love the Kachavan Lafkiyam Mikdushasa, have you love the Inyik Dushasa Bershus Yisrael, Ki Ilu Mishkana? If the Allah is that ain't Kinyan, Loiv Kachavan Lafkiyam, then when a Yid sells his field to a guy, the way we look at it is not as a proper mechira, but rather we look at it as if he gave it to him as a mashkin. Ke'ilu, the guy gave him money, like he loaned him money, and in exchange, I'm giving you a mashkin. Usually, if one person gives somebody money, the other person gives somebody an item, it's what we know as a sale, right? Mekdach, memker, that's usually the way you, a lawyer would categorize that type of transaction. But... Being, says Rashi, I mean, this is real Chedusha Torah here, that the way we look at this transaction is not as a sale, but as if it's, there's a loan with a mashkin. But here's the point. The point is, is that the Yid still owns the field. If the Yid still owns the field, being that Bikurim is a mitzvah that is chal on the gavra, it's chal on the mensch, for him to be mafresh Bikurim, for loitavli lesser peris ba'achila, and it's not something that has anything to do with Tevel. The Kurim doesn't have a Tevel component. Shumas Amaisus is related to Tevel. As opposed to Kurim, it has nothing to do with Tevel. So therefore, Therefore, you would have an obligation to buy the Bikurim because it's your field. What do you mean it's your field? I sold the field. No, being that in Kenyan, so I was only Mimashk in the field. It's still mine. I have a Chiv to go ahead. And I have a Chiv now to be Mimashk Bikurim. So says Rashi, it's a mucha a little bit. What is the Gemara's Kasha according to my Gersa? But you have to say this was the Kasha. 
Kasha. The Gemara held that if ain't Kenyan Biyadav Yitcham Lafkim and they Meiser, so what would emerge then is, is that we don't even look at the sale as being a proper sale. The sale's not a proper sale, the Yid owns it. If the Yid owns it, it's Pashti as a Chiv to go buy the Bikurim. It's his field. How could you not buy the the Bikurim. I think he's not going to give it to you because even though you didn't sell it to him, but he thinks you sold it to him. So if that's the case, it's fine. If they took an oil him, you know, it, it, it is what it is. You, it's still something that you would have an obligation to do. Not they took an oil him. Ikra did. It's something you would have an obligation to do. And hence the Gemara's Kasha. So Frank the Gemara that why did the Mishnah say only you have to buy it? Even if it's not you should have an obligation to buy it because at the end of the day it's yours. I, you sold it. If you hold in Kenyan, it's not really a mechira. The way we look at it is like there was a loan and a mashkin. But the bottom line is, the Gemara's kasha is that why is it only should be that you have an obligation, according to Rashi, to buy Bikurim every year. And according to Rabbeinu Tam, in the event of that you went ahead and bought it, you should have a chiv to be mafresh. So to answer this kasha, Amr Rabashi, Rabashi says, you have to say that there's more to this story. I think, says Rabashi, that there were two initial takonas as relates to this halacha. Originally, the halacha was that if somebody bought a field, from an Ovechechavim, and, or somebody bought Paris from an Ovechechavim, he had a chiv de Raisa to bring Trumas or Maestras. He had a chiv de Raisa to bring Bakura, the way Rabbeinu Tam learns. According to Rashi, there was a chiv de Raisa to go out of your way and to buy the Bakura. Meaning, Mi'ikara originally, the original Takana was Rabbi's Din of Ein Kenyan. But what happened was, given the Chazal to come Nakriu Mazvini, but the Chazal realized that because when a Yid sold his bill to a guy, there was still a Chiyab to be Mafish Trumas and Maestras, again, that's Rabbi Shita. So Yidin were feeling very good and very okay with selling their fields to non Jews. And the reason is because they saw it maintains its Kedusha. You still have a Chiyab Trumas and Maestras, so they had no problem doing it. And that was a bad thing. The Sabri, they thought, so why not sell it? So Chazal went and they said a Chiddush. They said that even though you do have a Chiv to bring Trumas and Isis if you buy from a guy, but we're going to tell you not to. But given the Chazu, the Mandalay Sagile Mazvin, but then they saw that there were Yid and Lamaisa that were anyway selling to a guy, and then they said, you know something, I think it's actually better the other way around. I think it's better to go and make a Takana to say that you're going to have to give Trumas and Maisters, and according to Rashi, you're going to have to literally buy from them the Bikurim every year, and therefore, that's the way it played itself out. So it's true. From the Mishnah, it sounds like there was a Tikana Oilam to treat the Tfua of the guy as being chayv and trumas and maestras. I thought, midday raisa, that's the halacha. Me, according to Rabbi Lazar, it's only midday tikkun oilam. But according to Rabbi, that's the way it is midday raisa. So why is it only midday tikkun oilam? What's the short answer? The short answer is, it was day raisa. Then there was a takana not to do the day raisa, and the tikkun oilam reinstated the day raisa. They're both true. It's day raisa and it's tikkun oilam. How could they both be true? It's a tarti disastri. Either it's a din raisa or it's a tikkun oila, which means it's a din rabbana. It was once a day raisa. They made it oitz day raisa. Now, how'd they do that? That's a whole other discussion. But the bottom line is, it was day raisa. They were makir the day raisa. And then the tikkun oila was not just tamanu tikkun oila in the velta rain. The tikkun oila was to reinstate the din raisa. And once they reinstated the din raisa, so it's at that point that the halacha went back. 
to the way it was supposed to be. Let's just make a scholar on the next Gemara, and then we're going to immediately get to the rate. So the next part of the Gemara is already uh, a new sugya. It's going to come together in the course of the Daf, and the Gemara is going to discuss the machloikis between Rabbi Yoichen and Reish Lakish. Kenyan Paris, Kenyan Agof, or Kenyan Paris is Lat Kenyan Agof. So we're going from one sugya that's Oymid Beruma Shalaylam to another sugya that's Oymid Beruma Shalaylam. So what's the classic case of Kenyan Paris, Kenyan Agof? Reuven and Shimon are partners. Reuven owns a field, Shimon owns the fruit that grow from the field. So the question is the person that owns the Kenyan Paris, is it as if he owns the Gof or not? It's Machlikis Rabbeich and Reish It requires a shtickle of proper introduction. We're going to save that a Metzchen for the next stuff. But for now, we're going to jump right in. If somebody sells his field just for the payroids, so Reuben owns a field. He sells his field to Shimon, but he tells Shimon, listen, I own the field, right? I'm entitled to the depreciation of the field. Whatever schusim you have by owning the karka, he's going to own. It grows Paris, you can have all the Paris. He was Meichas Sadeu, but only the Paris. Rabbi Yechanan, Rabbi Yechanan says that this person that owns the Paris, Shimon, he's maybe, as a chiv to bring Bekurim, obviously, it's his Paris, the Kaira. Now does he bring Bekurim, but he reads the Parsha Bekurim. Rishlok says maybe he brings Bekurim, but ain't a Kaira, but he doesn't read the Parsha Bekurim. So we know that when a Yid brought Bekurim, he had a mitzvah to read a certain Parsha in the Torah. With the Parsha of Bikurim, it's at the beginning of Parsha's Kisavai, it's the Pesukim that we read in the Haggadah Shal Pesach, but the point is, there was a mitzvah to read the Parsha of Bikurim. Stating that, not everyone that was obligated to bring Bikurim also was obligated to read the Parsha of Bikurim. There's a concept of a Mevi Ve'enikair. Different people are Mevi Ve'enikair for different reasons. Regardless, Rabbi Yoich and Rish debated, if someone sells his field, Leperis, are you a Mevi Ve'kaira, are you a Mevi Ve'enikaira? So Rabbi Yoich said, Mevi Ve'kaira, Zakti Gemara, why? Because he holds Kenya Peres, Kenya Nagov, Tommy. He holds Kenya Peres, Kenya Nagov. So being that this person owns the Peres, it's as if he owns the Gov, if he owns the Gov, okay, you own a field, you own a field, you have Peres, so of course, you bring Bikurim and you read the Parish of Bikurim. Why not? Rish Lakish Shama, Mevi Ve'enikaira, because Rish Lakish holds Kenya Peres, is love to Kenya Nagov, Tommy. He holds Kenya Peres, is love to Kenya Nagov, and being that Kenya Peres, is lav kikinyan haguf dami. So it's for that reason you may be in a kaira. And what's the punchline? The punchline is, is because when a yid brought Bikurim and he read the parasha, what did he say? He thanked Hashem for the Adama Shenosatali, for giving me this piece of land. So it says Rish Lakish, how could you say that you don't own the land? You just own the fruit. So if Yaichanon holds Kenyan Paris is Kikinyan Agov, so it's as if he owns the Gov, so he could be maybe the Kaira. Rish Lakish holds Kenyan Paris is not Kikinyan Agov, therefore you can't do that. It's for Rabbi Yaichanon, Rish Lakish. So Rabbi Yaichanon asks Rish Lakish, like it says in the Parish of Bikurim, the Samach the Bechalatoiv, Ashenosan Lucha Ashemali Kecha, Ulubay Secha, Atta, Vahalevi, Vagar, Ashebekirbech. So one of the words that the Pasik says is, you should be the Simcha with all the wonderful things Hashem gave you. You. And Beisecha. So what does Beisecha mean? We know the first mission of Beisecha is Yuma. Beisoy zu Ishtoy. Says the Braisa Malamed. This word of Beisecha is coming to teach me. That if a person's wife has a field and it grew payroids, so the husband has a responsibility to bring Bikurim from those payroids. Not just that, but Kairi, and he has to read as well. Now, if a woman owns a field and she brings it into the marriage, we're talking about Nechzamalug, by the way. What's Talacha? We look at the Isha as owning the field, and the husband as being Eichel Paris. He has a Kenyan Paris in the field. If the Brisa says that the husband is maybe Vakaira, what does that mean? That means even though all he owns is a Kenyan Paris, but must be Kenyan Paris, Kenya Gufta on me, and therefore he could say, Allah Domachana Satis, Rabbi Yechon told Rish Lakish, and before it's a Brisa. 
Why are we having this conversation? Checkmate. It says before, a husband's baby for Kairo. Nech Paris, Nech Samalog. I only ask this Kenyan Paris. Must be Kenyan Paris. Kenyan Agbuf, Tommy Amale. Switch Lakers, Tom Rabbi Yachani, Osm, the Sibyl of Esacho. No, La Oilam, Kenyan Paris is Lakhti, Kenyan Agbuf. It is a Mephorish Apostle. It's a Apostle, obviously. Mars says, Ikadamri, some had an opposite version of this exchange. Isfay, Rabbi Shem Ben Lakhish, Rabbi Yachan, Rabbi Yachan wasn't the one that asked on Rish Lakhish from this Braisa. Rish Lakhish asked on Rabbi Yachan from this Braisa. What does it say? Ulevesech, well, I'm a child of Mavi Kurish, the Vikaira. So, Sedrich Lakish, Rabbi Yechon, and Hassam, it sounds like Dafka over there, where the husband is handling the Paris, Nachsam, look of his wife. Dixibu Lubesech, did this exerce a cost, therefore he's Mavi Vikaira, Avabamaloi. But it sounds like ordinarily not. Amalais, Rabbi Yechon, told Rish Lakish, Taimi didi name mehokaka mina. That you want to know the Makartamayalacha, the Makartamayalacha is there. Don't ask me a kasha, that from the fact that it says Ulevesech, only there can your Paris Kikinyanagov. No, I hope Kinya Paris is always Kikinyanagov. I, why didn't you need a pasuk there? Because that is the makar to Kenya Paris, Kenya Nagov. So in other words, Machlokes Rabbi Yechon Rishlokish is what to take out of Ulevei Sechel. According to Rishlokish, Kenya Paris Lachti Kenya Nagov Tami Ulevei Sechel Vashtei by Paris Nachsam Alug. It's a separate din over there. Rabbi Yechon saw in Ulevei Sechel that just like Baal Benichsa Yishtoi, who only has a Kenya Paris, we treat the Kenya Paris Kenya Nagov. So so too Laolam, we're always going to treat Kenya Paris Kenya Nagov. One more kasha. Isvei Hayu Baba Derech. If somebody was traveling, and he had his wife's bekurah, then he heard his wife die. Maybe vekaira. That loch is he's maybe vekaira. So again, what's the case? A man took Paris nechsimalog. He's bringing it to the base amikdash. He has an obligation to bring bekurim. While he's traveling, he heard that his wife died. So the loch is bring the bekurim and read the parsha of the bekurim. So what does it sound like? Mesa in mesa It sounds like the only reason he's bringing the parsha of the bekurim because his wife died. Meaning, his wife died. So now he yarshin the karka. So now it's all his. Oh, it's all his. Now you can be maybe vekaira. But it sounds like had she not died, then not. Why not? Because all you have is a Kenya Paris, Kenya Paris, Ak Kenya Guftami, to write to Rishlok, and the Mara says no. Who are in the Afagaf, the Loy Mesa? Could be this Allah would be true even if the wife would not have died, like Rabbi Yechel. Mesa Strichel. But the reason the Braisa said that she died, because it's a separate Chiddush in Mesa, the time that the Braisa felt it had to tell me that this Allah is true, even if she died. Why? So I would have thought the leagues are that even though ordinarily a Baal ben Yishtoi always is maybe Vakaira, but maybe if she died in between, <sighs> When the man took the Paris to go to Eretz Yisrael, and when he finally arrived, maybe there it's worse. Like, what could possibly be the Svara? So the Gemara says, I would have thought, Maybe make Xerah because of something Rabbi Yosef Rabbi Chanina said. Rabbi Yosef Rabbi Chanina. Rabbi Yosef Rabbi Chanina said, If a man harvested his field, and then he wanted to send Bikurim, and he made a Shliach, the one to go bring the Bikurim for him. And then the shliach dies on the way. So the halacha is maybe ve'ena kaira. The halacha is that you're not maybe ve'kaira anymore. Shenemar. The reason is ve'lokachto ve'hevesa at shetehel lekicha ve'hava be'echad. You need that the same person that's doing the lekicha should be the one that's doing the hava. I mean that the shliach died in between, so you don't have the same person who's taking it bringing it. There's already another person that's going to bring it. So in that case, you can't be maybe Vakaira anymore. So says the Gemara, I would have thought that maybe Baal Benech you should do the same way. Maybe you should say that if the woman was alive at the time of the Lekicha and then she died at the time of the Hava, maybe that in and of itself is a reason 
not to be maybe v'kaira because it's chaser in v'lokachta ve'avesa achetei lekicha va'abavichot kamash malon. That's why we said even in that case that Allah is maybe v'kaira. But la'olam you would always be maybe v'kaira, and the reason is as Rabbi Yechon because I hold that Kenyan Paris is kekinyan aguf dami exhale. So as it relates to raid, as promised, going back to the raid that we spoke about on daf memhe, that's the Mishnah that discussed one of the Tikkun HaOlams here in Perak HaShileach, and that is, Ein poiden es ha-shfuyin, yeser al-kedei demeyen, mepnei Tikkun HaOlam. So Mishnah said an unbelievable Chedesh, that if a Yid was taken into captivity, and there's negotiations happening to try to free him, and the captors are willing to release in exchange for money. That's a wonderful thing. Pidyin Shfuyim is a mitzvah rabbah, we spoke at the Lashon HaRambam, there's no bigger mitzvah in the entire Torah than the mitzvah of Pidyon Shvim. Stating that is a very important caveat. And that is you can't overprint. So you figure out how much this person is worth and that's how much you pay. But yes, that's not something that you're allowed to do. And the reason is the Gemara had an Ibaya. B'nei Yeshiva weren't sure what's Pashup Shad in this Tikkun Oilam. They had two Tzadim. One Tzad was Mishum Tuchke de Tzipura. That if you're going to go and Bark on such a campaign, it may end up costing a lot, a lot of money, and you're gonna put this big burden on the plates of the tzibur. And Rashi says they're gonna be bali de anios. So to protect Pashit, the the guilt, Hatayru Chasam, Amaynim Shal Yisrael, Chazal said, "Ain't poyden as Hashvum Yesim v'kidei demet." The Gemara had another side. The other side was that could be that's not what this is about. We give away all the money to save a Jew. The problem is something else. The problem is that if you're gonna go ahead and you're gonna pay the ransom. It's very yutachin, and it's very possible that you're just going to feed the monster now, and it's just going to incentivize them to do this over and over and over again. It's going to look like a good business idea. So, Pasha, the Lord, the Garvu, the to stop them from doing this again, that's the reason they made it takon. And as we saw yesterday's staff, this was something that was left as an Iboya Deloy Ifshita, right? The Gemara was not Pasha, what the real reason is. Now, why does it even matter? The difference if it's Mishum Dukta de Tzibura or it's Mishum the way the Garb of face, or Rashi and the Sugi spoke out, that the difference is, or the Nafkamina would be, what would happen if this Shavoy or this Shvuya has a relative that's very, very wealthy? Could this person go and say, I'm going to give a lot of money, let me go redeem this uh, cousin of mine? If the reason it's a problem is Mishum Dukta de Tzibura, over here the Tzibura is not the one that has the onus to do it. One Yachid is being very, very kind and he's doing it. If, however, it's to stop this from happening again in the future, so it doesn't matter who the person is, the Churid, this is something that should be initiated. We mentioned that the Shulchan Aruch in Yeridea, Simen Reish, Nun Beis, it's in Hilchit Stalker, that's what the laws of Pidin Shvim are discussed. Siv Dalit Paskins, very, very clearly, the second side in the Gemara Zibaya, and the Shulchan Aruch says, in Poydenes Ashfuyen, Yesra al Kedei Demeyen, and even if there's a relative that wants to go and be Poyda, we don't listen because the problem is we don't want to feed this situation, and as a result, as harsh and as cruel and as unusual as this Takana might feel. But this is something that you now let it do. Now, the first raid by, that we discussed on this topic was Toysvis's caveat to this halacha. Based on the Gemara, the Kamon, the Achlun Ches, the Maisa, Rabbi Shur Ben Chananya, and a very young Rabbi Shmuel Ben Elisha, what Toysvis said, that could be someone that's Muflik Bechachma is going to be different. It's brought down in Shulchan Aruch that a Talmud Chachma, Muflik Bechachma, is treated differently. And we spoke out the epic drama that surrounded the capture of the Maram in Rutenberg and L'shoni Azov of the Yamshel Shloimeh right here in Gittin, Daphne, and Hey, and Aleph. But that was all yesterday's, right? 
But in base medrash b'loichedes, and I think it's kedai to discuss something that's fascinating, something that Rachmanel Tzlan from time to time is current events, and I just want to be makdim and give Yashikayach to Rabbi Yaakov Binenfeld for sharing an epic marimakim with me on this topic, and that is the state of Israel from time to time has been forced to engage in negotiations with terrorists where somebody was taken into captivity and as a result there's a negotiation and the negotiation very often is very very lopsided where the terrorists are willing to release this person that was taken into (laughs) captivity but on the condition that you're going to give a lot of money or prisoner swaps and the question is from a pure halachic perspective is this something that's okay or is this something that's not okay? Just to use one example that we're all familiar with that happened not so long ago, Gilad Shalit, who was held in captivity for five years, and then in 2011, he was finally released in exchange for over 1,000 terrorists. That was the price. One yid for 1,000 terrorists. And the question is, from a pure halachic perspective, is this okay or is this not okay? So Rabbi Binefeld shared with me, Amar Mokim, in the Sefer Kult Safayach. So just a little bit of background. The Mechaber of the Sefer Kult Safaich was a Yid whose name was Rabbi Yudel Gershuni. Rabbi Yudel Gershuni was a Yelid Gerodna. As a young child, he learned by Rabbi Shimon Shkop. He was known as the Gerodna Eloi. He then went to Kamenetz and he became a Talmud Muvikar of Baruch Ber. He learned by Baruch Ber for six years. He then married the daughter of Rabbi Leizah Silver. He went to Eretz Yisrael and he became a Talmud Muvikar of Rav Kook. So he was a Talmud Muvikar of Rabbi Baruch Ber. And he was a Talmud Muvik of Rav Kook. He had a Rishos Yomim. He passed away in the year 2000. Either way, Rav Yudel Gershuni was a tremendous, tremendous Goyen in the Litvish sense, in the Grodne Kamenitz sense. And his Shtiklach Torah, just in terms of the Shaklavitari and the Maramukhaimis, have very, very Litvish vibes. But the bottom line is, he wrote an essay. He wrote a Sicha. He wrote a Simin on this Indian. It's 10 pages long, it's fascinating went through it very, very thoroughly. Hafachba, vafachba, the kulava. And he presents this shayla that we just mentioned, and he says, really, when you think about it, you have to break it down to three components. The first question is, is it a hefkevelt? Could you just go ahead and pay whatever needs to be paid in order to release a prisoner? Somebody was taken into captivity. He's a shavoy, she's a shvuya. The question is, do you have a right to just go ahead and do whatever you want to do? In Timtsoloymar, it's something that maybe you can't do. What if it's sakonis nefashis? Does that change anything or does that not change anything? Meaning, is there a distinction between someone that's being held in captivity, but they're not torturing him to the point where they want to kill him, versus someone that's being held in captivity where it really is a shiloh of sakonis nefashis? Just to bring out the point, the Marama Rutenberg, we said, was given access to his Talmidim. It doesn't feel like from the just basic story that his life was ever in danger. His Torah, his was very much in danger, like the Yam Shloim said. And halakhically, he had a right to be freed, based on Toysus and the Sugyu. But I don't know if his life was ever in danger, and that's the question. The question is, does that change anything, does not change, or does that not change anything? And then more specifically, to the Gilad Shalit case, or let's say when there's Sakonis Nefashis, the situation is different. Because it's like honest nefesh. But what if the demand is release a thousand terrorists? A thousand terrorists, many of whom were in 
prison because they had killed people. So these are rights. So you're going to go now, save a life. And what are you doing? You're going to literally suddenly allow all these people to be mobilized and you're creating a, a situation of Sakhanas Tafashu which is much greater than the Sakhanas Tafashu that you're trying to say. So these were the three Shilas and this is the way he sets it up right here in Sefer Kol Tzafaych. It's brilliant, it's not Shaya. So said Rabdul Gershoni, let's go through this Arish and Rish. The first part, could you pay whatever you want to pay to ransom a, a prisoner? The answer is no. It's an often a shayla. It's a mishnah mesech. It's getting daf mem heyam aralev. Ain poydenus ashvuyim. Yes, in mikdei demayim. And it's brought down a shulchan aruch. Yeridei reishlun reishlun beis dalit. And the one exception to the rule is someone that's a mufik bechachma. The merama rutenberg is the exception to the rule. But if someone's not a mufik bechachma, you don't find any exception. So it's pashit as it relates to shayla number one. You can't just go ahead and pay whatever you want for the prisoners. It's certainly something that's going to be an issue. The question, however, is what if it's sakanas nefashas? If we know, we have intel that's telling us that this prisoner's life is at risk, and unless we save him, there's no way they're not going to eventually kill him or never he's going to be tortured to death. So the question is, in that situation, does that impact anything or does it not? Mm. The emiss is, it's something that was discussed by the early Akhrayna. There's a chuva from the Maram, not the Maram of Rothenberg, the Maram of Lublin. So the Maram of Lublin, in Shailah's Chuvah's Maram, and this is in Shailah Tezvav, was presented with the following question. There was a Yid that was taken into captivity. And the reason it was taken into captivity is because the Oilam claimed that he had had a Bias Issa with a Zoyna. And this place where he lived, someone does that, he was Chayv Misa. And they wanted to kill him. And they tried freeing him. And it seems they were willing, were the government, to negotiate a deal that would involve paying a lot of money to have him ransom. But it was definitely something that was Shaykh. And they sent the Shailah to the Maram, and they asked the Maram, what's the halacha? Now, the ones that presented the Shailah knew that the halacha is ashfum, yesem, but at the same time, they thought that being that this person is on death row, they're about to kill him, so maybe that should change things. Another factor that they were cheshbening was is that they held that it was Gans Yutachin that this person was guilty. And to the extent that he was guilty of the crime that he was being accused of, so it could be he gave himself up. And if a person commits a crime, as a result now he finds himself in a Pidyan Shvuyim situation, does that change anything? It does not change anything. These are fascinating questions. But the bottom line is this is the question that was presented to the Marat. So we just need the Pekuach Nefesh component. Says the Marat. Amnam. Nearly posh. If they're willing to release him for his value, take it. But other than that, not. For lo yodati says the maram, I'm not even sure what your shail is. Like, why are you wasting my time with this question? It's so posh. And says the maram, Oh, I know what you mean. You mean because of pekoach nefesh? He says it's posh if pekoach nefesh doesn't change anything. In fact, says the maram, it's posh if pekoach nefesh makes it worse. Why? Because what's the whole reason that we don't redeem prisoners? Yes, because we don't care? Let them die? Chalila. The Rambam says, There's no bigger mitzvah in the whole world than doing this. It's not because we don't appreciate it, we're not sensitive to it. It's punkfaker. It's because we're so sensitive to it. It's because we're afraid that if we redeem one prisoner, you're going to end up with multiple prisoners. So said the Maram, think about it logically. That means that the more you serious these prisoner situation is, the more sensitive you have to be to make sure that you're not going to allow this to happen. And the more you have to be concerned about the Tikkun 
So if they made a tikkun oilam where it's just a shaila of a person being captured and not having his life in Sakonis Nefashis, because we don't want other people to be in that situation, you would have to do the same exact thing in the event that you're going to take a prisoner whose life is in danger because we're afraid that you're going to end up putting more people's lives in danger. Again, this is a very important point just to appreciate the hashkafa of this takon. It's not because we're callous. It's punk fakir. It's because we're so sensitive and we just don't want this to happen again. And Chazal made a very painful takana. And they said, what are you supposed to do? This person, unfortunately, was taken into captivity, but we can't risk the whole Klayasol. That's what's at risk over here. And either way, said the Maram, that if this svara is a svara as it relates to a regular situation, then Kalvachaymer, this is going to be a svara as it relates to a situation where you're dealing with a Koch and Fashis. As I state in Shah's Ruchuvas, Maram and Simitazva. The Yamsha Shloima, here in Perkashaleach, in the Sugyan Dapim Heim and Aleph, he also discusses this. And the Yamsha Shloima says the exact opposite. Interesting, the Yamsha Shloima wrote in his times that he heard that in Eretz Tugrima, the Hasmuchim Lahem, in these lands, they have the minig that they violate this taka. They mamish took this whole Allah and Shukharak, Loigarsina. And they go and they're being Poyde Yoysen Yoysen Mikdeidame. And they're being mevatir on the duchka de tzibura. And this is what they're doing. So Marshal says, this is what I heard of. So what do you think the Marshal's reaction was? He says, Hashem Yosef al-Schara, maybe she should reward them. And they should know what they're doing. The Abish is watching this and they're going to get so much schar in the next world. It's, it's, it's mamish gewalt. Says Marshal, why? I thought it's Allah and the Mishnah. Yes, the the man. So he says, today is different. He says, you know why? He says, He says, unfortunately, Klai Yisrael has had such a real, we just don't have Jews anymore in Golis. We have to do whatever we can do to make sure that the spark of the Yid is not extinguished. It's so terrible today. He says, not just that, I heard that today when they take these uh, captives, they force them to do all the Averis in the world. So it's a Shiloh of saving a Yid not to do Averis. He said, and besides, if we're not going to be paid to them, there's a concern they might kill him. And when it comes to Sakonis Nafashis, for sure you have to do whatever you have to do. So the Marshal was chayla with the Maram. The Marshal said, yeah, I heard that they're doing it today. Number one, there's so few Jews today. You got to cherish every single one. You can't even let one go. But besides for that, he says, Pekuach Nefesh. Oh, Pekuach Nefesh. Al-Kopadim said, Rabbi Dildur Gershuni, it's Pashas. Machlik is Maram and Marshal. Usually when you think of Machlik is Maram and Marshal, you think the back of the Gemara. Machlik is the Chach Meshleim and the Maram had to learn a Gemara. Had to learn a Toysavis, right? Over here, it's Machlik is Maram and Marshal. Chuvis Maram. And that is, when you have a situation of pidyon shfuyim, where there's a question of sakonos nefashis, does that change anything or does not not change anything? Emesis, we're going to do the shorter version of this. But really, at first glance, it would seem to be a mafurish toysfis. Just have to mention this. Toysfis on daf nun ches aleph asks the same kasha that toysfis on daf memhei amad aleph asks. On daf memhei amad aleph, toysfis asks the kasha, in poyden asashvum yesen nikadei demeyem, I had the story of Rabbi Shulman Hananya. He said, I'm not moving until I redeem him and I'll give all the money in the world. The Kachava was Rabbi Shulman Alish. And Taisa said, You see from here that a Muflik Bechachma is treated a little bit differently. Taisa Sandaf Muchas asked the same Kasha. And then Taisa has a different parrot. Taisa says, Over there was Sakhanus Nefashis. And because it was Sakhanus Nefashis, so all bets are off. It's a whole different sugya. It sounds like a Mafurisha Taisa, like the Yamshul Shloima, not like the Maram. 
And the emphasis the Pischei brings from the Knesset Yecheskel, one of the Kadmoyim who already asked this question in the Maram, and he said a beautiful Teretz, maybe when we get to Daftan Ches we'll talk about it, not for now. But the core of his Teretz was that if it was so posh that that Teretz of Toysfus, then why did Toysfus speak it out on Daftan Mem Hey? You ever see such a thing in your life? We have two Toysfus in, literally in the same Masechta, in Dafyomi it's like two weeks apart, and you have here where Toysfus asked the Kashi, he says, two Teretz of Mem Hey, and then Toysfus asked Daftan Ches, oh by the way, I have a good Kasha, and it makes a nicht wissen ding from Daftan Mem Hey, and all of a sudden he has a new Teretz. So Frank, what's that all about? Must be there's something going on over here, and this Toysfus' parents over there really wouldn't answer the kasha they asked on that. Hey, I ain't again. But that's the principle that's going to underpin all of this. But the bottom line is, is as it relates to Sakonis to Fashis, does it make a difference? Does it not make a difference? What does it sound like? It sounds like it's a machloikis between the Maram and the Marshal. So said if you open up Shulchan Aruch, we read the Lashon Machab yesterday, I don't have it with me right now, but the Shulchan Aruch didn't say anything about Sakonis Tafashis. He says something about a Talmud Chacham. He said that a person can be paid himself for all the money in the world. Right? It's your own money. You're the check writer. All the money in your world. What about a wife? That's also a big shine on the Paiskim. But it didn't say a word about Sakonis Tafashis. So from the Stimas Haloshan of the Shulchan Aruch, it sounds like the Maram, because otherwise we should have said something about Sakonis Tafashis. The MS is, we mentioned the Loshan of the Rambam. When the Rambam talks about Pidyan Shvuyim, remember his Loshan? Pidyan Shvuyim Kaidam the Parnasas Aniyim, Ulukhsusan. Why? They're hungry, they're thirsty. They have no clothing. The Rambam's describing every pinion shvuyim. And the Rambam said, every pinion shvuyim is oimid besakonos tefashis. So you have a hechatimsa where it's sakonos tefashis. Every pinion shvuyim is doch sakonos tefashis. That's why the Rambam seems to think. And if that's the case, ain't poidin asashvuyim yesemei alkedei demeyem. So it should be true even if it's Sakonis Tafashis. Well, was Nechadish a little more Sakonis Tafashis? But Al Kaponim, that's as it relates to the second point. But what about part three? What about in a prisoner swap? A very, very lopsided prisoner swap where you're going to release a thousand terrorists into the world. So you're going to make a cheshbin that you have to release this yid. How could you not release him? And you're going to go like the Yamshel Shloyma, as I this is Mashman Toysis Afnun Chesam and Aleph. I hear so you want to pay money, you want to write a crazy check to say there. But you're going to go now and you're going to, what, what are you doing? To save a yid's life, you're going to put a thousand terrorists, Rahman Ulusman, on street corners in Eretz Yisrael? How could you do that? What's the Svar in that? What's the Svar in that? So, Sedra Bilder Gushuni, let's go through this in a Litvish Aifin. What's the core of the Shaila? The core of the Shaila is like this. The prisoner that right now is being held in captivity is L'chaira in a matzav of Vadai Sakonis Tafashis. For sure. I don't think that's even debatable. If you're going to release terrorists, you're creating a matzav of Suffolk Sakonis Tafashis. Can't tell me Vadai. That's Suffolk. What does Vadai mean? There's a clear and present danger. It's Hezeka Matsui, right? Right now, this person is being tortured as we speak. So it's Vadai Sakonis Nafash. He's gasping for breath, literally. They haven't fed him in three days. That's Vadai Sakonis Nafash. Taking terrorists and putting them on the street is Suffolk Sakonis Nafash. Likelihood? Speak to the statisticians. But it's not a Vadai, right? It's a Suffolk. So really, the crux of the Lumbus of the Shiloh would be are you Mechuyev and even allowed? To put yourself into a matziv of suffix sakonis nefashis to prevent the matziv of vadai sakonis nefashis. But that's the shayla. We can do something now. We have a move. The move is create a suffix sakonis nefashis 
But by doing that, you're going to save a life. You're going to save a vadai sakonis nefashis. Do you put yourself into a matzav of suffix sakonis nefashis to save a vadai sakonis nefashis? So said Rabbi Yudu Grishuni that the embassy is, the marimokim on this is an orsameach. It's Ramea Simcha. The orsameach is in Hilchis Reitzeach Vishmir Sanefesh. It's in Perik Zayin Halachaches. Rambam over there is talking about somebody that killed somebody b'shoyim. And right now he's in the Ir Mikla. Why is he in the Ir Mikla? Tyra says he has to be in the Ir Mikla, but he's also there because he wants to live. And if he leaves the Ir Mikla, he's fear game. The Goyal Adam can hunt him down and he can kill him. Says the Rambam, Hagoyal, someone that goes to Goyal, in a yotzim Ir Mikla to oil. He never leaves the Ir Mikla. Vafilu ledvar mitzvah, oil leedos, ben edos mamim, ben edos nefashes. Vafilu lehatzel nefesh, even if. They want to take him out to save someone Beidusa. Oy lahatzel men agayis. Oy miyad anor. Oy miyad adleka. Umiyad adapoyos. Ready for this? Vafilu kol yisrael tzrichim l'chuasai. What if the person that was mitzach b'shalikik is in Golas and he's someone that has the ability to save the whole Jewish nation? The Rambam says you want a marshal of such a person. Kiyoyo ben seruya. He was the chief of staff, the five-star general. He could save the nation. Ain yoytzim misham laolam. Ad moisakoyin god. He never leaves. Says the Rabbi, and if he does leave, hit the Ratzmei Lamisa, he's fair game. Somebody wants to kill him, he can kill him. So the Rambam says that a Ritech B'Shoyim goes to Gauls and he doesn't leave under no circumstances. And he builds up, he knows Edis, he knows this, he knows that. Even if he's Yoyev Ben Suruya and the Yidin are fighting a war and he could save thousands and hundreds of thousands of lives, it doesn't matter. You blibe in the Ir Miklot. And then the Rambam added one line. And if he leaves, hit the Ratzmei Lamisa. So Meisimchol and Muchid in Arsameach, he says, what's that last line? You know what the Ram added that line? The Ram's coming to explain his psak. It sounds like a big chiddush, this psak, based on a mission of Makis Tafyudam and Beis, by the way. But it sounds like a very big chiddush, this psak. Says Ramei Simcha, the Ram was explaining himself. You know why this year doesn't have to leave? Because very nice, he has the ability to save all these Jews. But if he walks out, there's a sniper waiting to take him down. So he's putting his own life into a massive of Suffolk Bekuach Nefesh. And a year does not have to put his life into a matzav of Suffolk Pekoach Nefesh, even if it means to vadai save another person's life, even if it means to vadai save a lot of people's lives. Azoizok Rameir Simcha. This Rameir Simcha is a Meshachachma also. It's a Parashas Shemois. It's a classic Meshachachma, literally. We say that a lot, but in this case, it's like really, really a classic Meshachachma. And the Pasuk over there is that Moshe Rabbeinu killed the Mitzri. And Pari wanted to kill him. Dasan Avirim, the Gansam Isa. So he runs away. And then Ebishter comes to him. Ebishter, Kabyachal, Bechloid And he tells him, Leich Shuv Mitzrayim. I want you to go back to Mitzrayim. You have a very, very important mission. The mission is, you're going to be the one that's going to take the Nadim Mitzrayim. And then he tells him, You know, those people that wanted to kill you, it's done, it's over. They died, Dasmavir lost their money, on his Chashuk Mase, whatever. But the bottom line is, It sounds to me from this Pasuk that had Dasmavir been alive, Moshe Rabbeinu would not have had an obligation to go back to Mitzrayim. Simcha, how could it be? He's Yoyev Ben Tzeruya. He's going to save the whole Jewish people right now. The terrorists is because they want to kill him. Says Rameh Simcha, Vaistois, your suffix, Akkadus the Fashis, is odd than Vadai Akkadus the Fashis, even from a rabbin. And says Rameh Simcha, this is classic. Umizeh Yotzel Rabbeinu Bemishnah, not Rabbeinu Arabah. Rabbeinu, as in Rabbeinu Akkadish, from Yudan Nasi, this was his makar to the halacha, Shagodalir Miklod, Ene Yotzel, Vafilu Yisrael Tzrichim Loi, Vafilu Sarit Tzvay Yisrael Kiyoyi Ben Tzeruya. Mechatesi, had Rabbeinu Akkadish know that? 
Only Rameh Simcha, right? Had it Rebbe, had Rebbe, I don't know if Rebbe knew it, that means it is, right? Had it Rebbe know, Bechtesa, Rabbeinu HaKadosh also needs a Makar, Arva Arva Tzarech, says Rameh Simcha, he learned it from this Pasuk. Leich Shuv Mitzrayim only kimesu kolo anoshim hamavakshin es nashecha. But the bottom line is, it's not so poshit for a person to put himself into a matziv of suffix sakonis nefashis, even if it means to go ahead and to be matzal nefashis. He brings another incredible maramakim that we'll say for another day, the Nitziv in his Sheiltis, where he learns up the Gemara, the Machloikis between Ben Petura and Rabbi Akiva. Right, remember the Gemara? Gemara says, Shnaim Shayim Malchim Aderech, there were two people that were traveling together. And they only had one kitin of Mayim. And if one of them, the person that has it, drinks it, he'll save his life, but the other person's going to die. If he shares it with his friend, they're both going to die. So the question is, what should you do? So Ben Petura said, how can you drink it? He says, Avada mutav Chalilo, you don't want your friend to see you die or you see your friend die. So b- both of them drink it, but well, you're going to walk out, you're going to say, wow, I made it out alive and I left this guy back. So of course that doesn't pass. So that Petura said, no, of course, Rabbi Akiva, until Rabbi Akiva came and he taught, So the Netziv and the Sheiltis, this is another one of Rabbi Yudel Gershuni's Marmachimus, he says in the Netziv and the Sheiltis said, what's Pashib Shad in Ben Petura? Right? What was Ben... It's like a very heartwarming, feel-good svara, right? Like, what's the, you're going to drink and you're going to watch your friend die? Tachlis, you're both going to die, right? So how are you accomplishing anything? So the Nitziv said, it's baruch to me, the pshat in this price is, he says, mamash, a dover chadash and a dover nifla. When Rebuilder Gershuni brings it, he says, ro'isi dover chadash, it's, it's like a real chiddush, it's a dover chadash. He says, I think that what was happening in the story is, is that there were two people, they were never, they're holding out, they have this one kita in Shalmayim. So there was an idea. The idea was, let them split it. They'll both drink a little bit. Like this, they'll buy time. So at the very least, you'll save another day or another two days. And you know what? You live another day. You never know what's going to happen. Maybe a miracle will happen. Maybe a mypheus is going to happen. You'll find the oasis in the desert, right? You never know what could happen if you live another day. If Ben Petura thought for sure that it's over, you're gonna li- they're both going to just drop that on the spot, he would have never said it. But it's not Mestabi they were going to both die on the spot. They're going to drink. They were going to buy a little bit of time. And the buying a little bit of time is what Ben Petura said. So he said that being that you, by giving up the Kitet Shonayim, are not for sure going to die. Here's the Lumbus. It's only a Suffolk you might die. So it's only a Suffolk you might die. There's no Allah of Chayach HaKaitim. Chayach HaKaitim is, if I'm for sure going to die, okay, I'm not to for sure die. But Suffolk time, maybe not. Atshabar Rabbi Akiva, what did he teach? Chayach HaKoydin. He said, Chayach HaKoydin, a person doesn't have to put himself into a massive of Suffolk Bekoach Nefesh, even if it means that someone else is going to die. Because Chayach HaKoydin means even your Suffolk, think about it, it's Mamisha, Festa, Festa, beer in the Gemara. Your Suffolk is other than his father. See, he says, B'derech Agav, does Rabbi Yudu Gershuni, he said he saw the Binyan Sea and the Arch Laner and Etshuva, he's Matmiya, how come the Rambam doesn't bring Rabbi Akiva's Halach? Doesn't bring it anywhere. Doesn't bring Ben Petura, obviously, because Halach is Rabbi Akiva, it has to be. Halach is Rabbi Akiva, Mechavera. Machloik is Rabbi Akiva and Ben Petura, you don't have to open up a Shulchan Aruch, you know that Halach is going to be like Rabbi Akiva. So how come the Rambam didn't bring it? See, he says, because what's the whole Yisrael of the Rambam, the way the Nitziv learned? It's the Rambam Shita that Chayach Koytman means even your Suffolk, meaning it's a question of me putting my life into a suffix of risk to save your life, it's not something I'm a to do. So said, 
Rabbi Yehuda Gershon, Rabbi didn't have to, he brought it already. Where did he bring it? In Hilchas Ritzech, Hashmir Sanafesh. In Perik Zayin, Aloch HaChes, Rabbi Simchas Rambam. Rabbi Simchas Rambam is Rabbi Akiva's Halacha. The way that Arsameach explained the Rambam in Hilchas Ritzech, and the way that Nesid is explaining the Gemara, Ben Petur Rabbi Akiva, said, Dachter Zalbut Psach. So why does Rambam have to bring it twice? He brought it already once, he doesn't have to bring it again. Mamash Nifludik. But the bottom line is, he said to go ahead and release these terrorists now, and it's, it's a situation of Safed Pekoach Nefesh. And Sofit B'Koch Nefesh is not something you do, even if it means to save a Vadai Nefesh. And if that's the case, L'Chayra, based on that, Rabbi Yudha said, in terms of stop overpaying, you're not allowed to do that. From the Stimus HaShulchan Aruch, it sounds like the Maram, that Sakonis Fash doesn't change anything. Adra makes it worse. The Svar of the Garb of Elias Utfei is more prevalent now. The stakes are higher. You have to be even more concerned. Good. This is Yam Shul Shleiman way. And the loyoid to go ahead and release terrorists is creating a Suffolk Bekoch, you're putting the whole nation in Suffolk Bekoch Nefesh. How do you have a right to take a nation, put them into Suffolk Bekoch Nefesh, to go ahead and to be matzal a Nefesh? Even though this is Suffolk, this is Vadai, but it's a Mafurish Rambam. And if it's a Mafurish Rambam, it's not so posh, you should be able to do it. Then at the end of the Chuvah, he gets involved in the responsibilities of the Medina and how do you understand the Medina from a logic perspective. This is already above my pay grade, I and Sham. But the bottom line is, this is what's going on over here in this Chuvah. I looked around a little bit. There's another thought as it relates to this, and that is that during war, so let's say Klai Yisrael is fighting a war. How do you cheshven all these things? The MS is, it's a Michas Interesting source for this type of Shiloh. But it's a Michas And the Nitziv talks about this in Remi Sodom, Sechtes Erevin, Daf Memhei. Meaning, how's a person allowed to fight a war? How do you have a right to enlist in an army to go fight a war? You're putting your life into Safik Pekoch Nefesh. It's not so posh. How do you have a right to do that? Mechtes, it should be okay. And let's say there's a real war raging right now. And by you going ahead and fighting, there's a chance you're going to, right, the American troops are storming the beaches of Normandy. Eventually, they're going to overthrow the Nazis. But how many soldiers had to die in order to be able to suffocate them. Every single soldier is putting himself into a massive of to save the world, to defeat the Nazi regime. We get it. We understand the prize. But look at it from a Yachid perspective. How do you have a right to do that? My city, you didn't always fought wars. There was Mohammed Mitzvah, even Mohammed Rishos. We just spoke about it. Mohammed Rishos of today's daf. It's very, you're talking Jews lost their lives when they fought to conquer Aram Tzoyfa. That was okay. So Mechizchinuch says a Dover Neuer, it's very, very important you say it. Mechizchinuch says that Weistois, when it comes to war, all bets are off. So the Adin Melchama, and Melchama, you know, Cheshman would suffer the Korkna Fashions. It has to be that way. It's Ken Zayn otherwise, because then how can you fight a war? If that's the case, Yesh Laden, when we deal today with state of affairs in the Eretz HaKodesh, so you have to know, is, is it wartime? Is that the way we're supposed to view it? Because if it's wartime, it's already a whole different Cheshman. Then Safa Bekuch Nefashis doesn't come into consideration. Then it's already a whole different Shulchan Aruch. And then already you have to don this a little bit differently. But just to end with one last nugget, and I want to thank W. Safir for sharing this with me. And that is that in 1970, everybody knows Rav Hutner and Rav Harari Raful and a whole bunch of Yidim were on an airplane that was hijacked by Arab terrorists. And there were negotiations to release them. And there was a big tumult amongst the Agudas HaRabonim, Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, and others, what the halachic ramifications and parameters are 
of this release. And the fact that we're G'day Yisrael on the plane. And the question was, how exactly are you supposed to address this? So Davi shared with me uh, a letter that Ramosha Feinstein, the, Goyal, the Godel Hadar, wrote to Golda Meir, the Prime Minister of the State of Israel at the time. I'll just read you the letter. It's one paragraph. So Ramosha writes as follows. He says, L'Rosh HaMemshala Golda Meir, Asifa Duchufa Shal Agudas Rabbonim, Dono B'Koyved Rosh, Ala Matzav HaMesukin Shal Shfuyei HaCherev, there was a good Rabbanim that convened with COVID Roish. This was understood to be a very, very serious matter. And we tried determining what the halachic component of this whole Indian is. We want you to know Das Now, did she request Das Torah? But Ramosha Feinstein writes to the Prime Minister, I want to tell you what Das Torah is. Alpidit. Based on the halacha, yesh lahatzolus nefashis din kedima. There are lives, Jewish lives, on this plane, and for what we understand, their lives are at risk. And as a result, you have to do what you have to do. Ube embreira al medinas yisrael lemalei drishas hamechablin kedei lahatzol nefashis hashvuyim. And if you have no choice, you should succumb and you should give in to their demands. And whatever they're asking for, you should give them. Hashem yigdar pitzes amoy v'yisrael yishkon levetach harav Moshe Feinstein nesi agudas harabon. This is the letter that Rav Moshe wrote. Now, if you research it a little bit, the demands that they were asking for was a lot of money and a lot of terrorists. And Rav Moshe Feinstein wrote a letter to Golda Meir, halacha l'maysa, and he paskin that do whatever you have to do. You have to save these yidin. This is what you have to do. Pein l'chacham v'yechdamayit.